Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Chris Geis, and this is episode 33, titled Giving Thanks. In this episode, I start out by reading the new mission statement for my podcast and then look back over the podcast since its inception by reading the list of past episode titles and more importantly, commenting on and giving my thoughts about each episode, what was significant about them, what they meant to me, and any updates I have on the topics that they covered. If you have not listened to the back catalog of episodes, this is a great way for you to find out which ones you missed that you might be interested in. Then you can queue them up to listen to in your favorite podcast app. Since the Thanksgiving holiday is approaching, I thought it would also be appropriate to give thanks and talk about all of the people that I am thankful for regarding the sport of motorcycling that you and I love so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Happy Thanksgiving. So, you want to ride a motorcycle? Well, you've come to the right place, because this is the So You Want to Ride a Motorcycle podcast. I've been wanting to do this episode for quite some time. Originally, I was thinking of a title like Looking Back, Catching Up, and Listener Appreciation. But with Thanksgiving around the corner, it seemed appropriate to go with the title Giving Thanks. And even though Thanksgiving is, you know, not this week, but next week, I figured many people will be busy next week and may not have as much time to listen to podcasts. Plus, I have a feeling that this episode may run a little long, given everything that I want to talk about and cover in this episode. So I may even end up breaking it up in two and publishing the second part next week. But we'll have to see on that. So... Let's get started. I just want to talk a little bit about the looking back part. So this is episode number 33, and it's actually interesting because I kind of wanted to do this kind of wrap up and looking back at episode 30, but uh, you know, I did have the opportunity to interview Paul Carruthers and Sean Bice from Motor America for episode 30, and so I figured instead of sticking with fixed rules and ideas about episode numbers and how things should go, I was better off just, just going with that, and I'm glad I did. It worked out really good. Uh, if you haven't listened to the episode, check it out. I thought it was uh, very entertaining and informative. But anyway, so I'm not hung up on details like that, so okay, episode 30, 33, whatever, and maybe 33 is even better because it's got a little symmetry to it. But what I want to do is start off by just kind of reflecting back on the podcast so far and just discuss the future and where I'm planning to go. So one thing is uh, some time ago, maybe a month and a half, maybe it's even two months ago, I put together a mission statement or maybe a revised mission statement because if you listen to episode one, and actually I kind of probably should have done that before I started this episode, but I'm kind of running out of, running out of time, so I'll do it after the fact. But I thought it'd be interesting to listen to episode one where I laid out you know, the idea of the podcast, why I started it, what my goals and objectives were, and what I wanted to do. And I remember specifically mentioning I was going to measure my success by, you know, basically every week, you know, what was happening, you know, how many new people contacted me, you know, how many you know, people said, hey, they listened to the podcast and they wanted to start riding or they were returning to riding or whatever. This is a way of, of measuring success. So I kind of have to go back and do that, which, which, which I will do. Um, but, but at any rate, so I, I put together and released a new mission statement, which actually I had released on Facebook, like I said, some months ago. And I just kind of wanted to read that quick and then make some comments on why 
the new mission statement. So it goes like this. My mission is simple. I want to help grow the sport of motorcycling and help expand the motorcycle industry by helping new people find motorcycling, by helping new riders succeed, by helping returning riders overcome any barriers that caused them to quit, and finally, by helping all riders of all experience levels continue developing their knowledge, skills, and abilities so that they get everything they can out of motorcycling and enjoy a lifetime of safe and fulfilling motorcycling adventures, which I later amended to say, maybe even including track days and some form of motorcycle racing, whether amateur or professional. So the, the reason for the new mission statement and the change is as I was doing episodes, I was kind of looking at it going, wow, you know, I'm covering a wide range of topics. I definitely have covered episodes for beginners, um, but I've also touched on things that, you know, are for you know, people with more experience or more advanced riders, you know, so like, for example, I've been talking about track days, you know, I talked and interviewed Tom Walker. Um, I interviewed Dan Netting from Life at Lean. Um, you know, Keith Code, right? He's a guy who trains people. But, you know, yes, they probably train, you know, some new beginner riders, but it's more towards, you know, people who've been riding for a while and have experience and want to start really developing new skills, you know, particularly on the track and for, you know, more sophisticated street riding and things of that sort. Um, and so the reason is that there's a couple things. Um, one is I have a very broad audience. So I definitely have people who are new to riding, um, you know, people who have never ridden before, but in part just because of who I know and how I've, you know, uh, promoted the podcast, right? Because initially I started like on Facebook was kind of the easiest way for, for me to let people know about the podcast. And so I just started, you know, friending lots of people's friends of friends that ride motorcycles and whatever. And people started friending me and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so basically what happened is I got to be, you know, Facebook friends um, with people who already rode motorcycles. And so my content and my information and things is going out to people who, you know, already ride, not so much to people who are new, although obviously, you know, people who haven't ridden yet or are new to riding can still find me through Facebook or Google searches or whatever. But so the point I'm getting to is I've got a very broad audience. So that's, that's one thing. But the other thing is, as I looked at it, I realized that my goal with the podcast was, yes, to help bring in new riders. And, and I still have a passion for that. Like I, I very much am interested in helping expose people that don't ride to riding, as well as helping people just getting started to find the tools and the information, the resources that, you know, can help them build a successful career, you know, or whatever, yeah, career hobby of motorcycling. But really, my bigger concern is just to help expand the industry. And so I was kind of looking at it going, well, you know, granted, there, there's the business side to the industry, right? There are people who are in the motorcycle industry are making money. And then there's those of us who just, whatever, are hobbyists, you know, we do it for fun, for recreation, you know, there, there's people who, you know, race, whether it's professional, amateur, whatever, like there's lots of ways to be involved in motorcycling. But so I started to look at the idea of growing the activity of motorcycling, like starting a business. And, you know, just kind of the entrepreneurial spirit and the way that successful companies start and evolve. So, you know, for me as a technology guy doing computer programming and stuff, it's easy to look at examples like Microsoft, Dell, and Apple, right? Those are some companies that come to mind. I don't know how much it still happens these days, although you do hear stories here and there, right? But the kind of um, 
the stereotypical you know concept of those companies was they started in a garage you know cisco systems for example like a lot of these companies started in the garage it was a couple of people got together with one or more great ideas and they worked really hard and did what they had to do and they borrowed money or whatever it took or used credit cards and whatever to get the thing off the ground and then once they got some exposure and some traction and a proven result the product that people were interested in in order to take it where they wanted to go and to accomplish bigger goals, you know, more than, you know, Dell, Michael Dell wasn't satisfied with just selling a handful of computers and Bill Gates wasn't satisfied with just a couple hundred people running Windows on their PCs and, you know, Apple and Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak and those guys, you know, they weren't just satisfied with having one or two products, right? These guys, all of the guys and, and, and women, you know, all had big plans, big ideas of what they wanted to do. And so the only way to accomplish that kind of thing, you know, to expand the way that these companies needed to expand is to bring in new people. And so you have new people come in and granted, you know, they, they would hire people with experience and whatever, but not everyone was accustomed to working in that kind of culture. Um, you know, the way that these companies, Microsoft, Dell and Apple, and they're all different, you know, the, the, the way that they worked and what their corporate culture was. But so you're, you're finding like recruiting, right? Bringing in new people, showing them the ropes, you know, showing them what's great about your company, um, the thing, you know, teaching them the things that they may not know, learning from them the things that they know that you don't, because that's often one of the things that you do, right? Is you bring in people with new ideas, new viewpoints, you know, education, background, industry exposure, you know, market exposures that you're, not familiar with, right? That helps round things out and give you more perspectives. But basically bringing people in and then, you know, training them, giving them more and more responsibility, showing the ropes and then moving them up the ranks, you know? So, you know, Bill Gates went on to become the CEO of Microsoft and Steve uh, Wozniak, you know, although he eventually left the company for various reasons, which doesn't really matter, <laughs> um, you know, but he became kind of the head technical guy. Um, and so that but the point is that's how I started to think about this thing with motorcycling, and that's why the new mission statement, right? Because in in order to grow the industry, what we need to have is people, new people that keep coming in, and as they come in, they kind of graduate and move up the ranks. And so that's why I kind of look at it like so you have someone who's never ridden before becomes a rider, and then the new rider eventually becomes more accomplished through various training and taking courses and practice and whatever that may be. Eventually, you've got an experienced rider, and then they kind of continue to develop and evolve and grow by trying different kinds of bikes or different types of riding. You know, like one of, one of the things I've looked at is I'm a street rider, basically, you know, and so I'm like, okay, well, my next thing is to do track days, which I want to do. But Gene and I have talked about how, you know, one of the things that I know is, is recommended for improving your riding just in general is to ride on the dirt. You know, so that's that's an area, something I haven't done yet, something I'm not familiar with, you know, either like pure off-road, like, you know, I'm not going to do crazy motocross kind of stuff, but, you know, it would be fun to learn riding on the dirt. You know, I've never done adventure bike riding. That's a whole other thing. At this point in my motorcycling career, like long distance riding and endurance and iron butts and all that kind of stuff doesn't really appeal to me, but that in itself is a whole other area to expand into, right? It's an area where people do things. So anyway, so the point is people continue to kind of move up and increase their skills. So you've got the experienced rider then who 
like I said, maybe starts doing track days, you know, to, to really kind of test their skills and abilities. Maybe they get into some form of racing. You know, now for older people like myself, it's not going to be pro racing because you're not going to have much of a successful career. But although, I, I don't know, maybe there are series or there could be series where it would be, and that's actually kind of an interesting thing. Maybe we can talk about and maybe someone wants to launch and get off the ground. Um, but certainly amateur racing, you know, that's whatever, you know, that's, there's all kinds of racing organizations. You've got vintage racing. That's a whole, and again, that's a whole other thing is getting into the mechanics, learning how to work on motorcycles, eventually building motorcycles, restoring motorcycles, vintage motorcycles, all these aspects. And then of course, there's a thing of people eventually becoming instructors. Uh, you know, like for example, Kevin McKinney, who is the host of uh, throttled, you know, and I'll talk about throttle a little bit later also. Um, it, it's awesome. It's like, that's another way that he's, expanding growing as a motorcyclist and doing things you know in addition to his podcast that he started a number of years ago to help just grow the sport and get more people involved right and so then you have the thing of the new instructors are then helping to train more new riders and then this cycle just continues and hopefully you just kind of have this upward spiral new people come in they succeed they move up they get experienced some of them become instructors then they help get new riders in and they get trained and then some of them become instructors right and so you just have this kind of ever increasing and expanding activity and so Long story short, that's the way I'm now starting to think about the podcast, and that's why I'm covering all the different aspects that I am. So I thought it would be kind of cool at this point to actually just read back through the titles of the various episodes. Won't spend too much time at this, but you know, in case you haven't listened to back episodes, maybe you're new to the podcast, you just found it, or you've just kind of skipped around, you know, listen to the the titles that just interested you, which is totally fine, of course. Um, but I just thought it'd be good in, in reflecting back on the podcast so far, you know, just some of the past episodes and my thoughts about them and, you know, what the inspiration was and how it fits into this kind of quote unquote grand plan of mine. Right. So first episode was What's It All About, where I talked about introducing the podcast and what I want it to be. And it's really interesting for me to go back and listen to those earlier episodes. You know, I, I think they were OK. I think the content was pretty good. But, you know, I was new to the whole thing. I, I know I was a little bit nervous and tenuous and sometimes talking more than I needed to and just explaining things too much in depth and whatever. Uh, but I, I do feel that over time I've kind of gotten into a cadence. You know, it's gotten easier to produce the episodes. Uh, it, it's quicker. I know the tools better. I'm learning new things. I'm learning new techniques. So hopefully you've noticed that change. Episode two, to gear or not to gear, where I talked about my thoughts and ideas and opinions about motorcycle gear. Uh, everyone that listens to me, you know, my podcast knows that I am pro gear. Um, you know, and I pretty much believe in at get all the gear all the time, but I talk in there about the reasons why. And, uh, you know, also mention the fact that I get it, that, you know, there are reasons that some people choose to wear less gear or no gear and, you know, whatever. I, I can't say that they're wrong. I can just say that's not what I choose to do. So then coming forward in time, and that was back in March, by the way. So what are we at? So November, so eight months I'm into this. So that that's not too bad. Episode three was a fun thing to do with your motorcycle in May, which was all about the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge, which I'm really looking forward to this year. Uh, I will be doing it under my own podcast, so I'll be looking for listeners to join me in putting together a, uh, a team for the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge. 
episode four, what's in your top case, was actually a video that I did put up on YouTube. You know, I've got a couple things on YouTube, nothing much, maybe, I don't know, four or five videos. It's not not, not anywhere near what I would like to have out there. Um, but I, I pulled a video from it, and basically I talk about the different equipment that I carry in my top case and why. Episode five was an interview with Sarah Worthylake from Werwer, the Women Riders World Relay which uh, was really fun. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was my first interview episode. And so uh, it's actually something I'll get into a little bit later, but it was kind of cool just getting involved with where we're, and that kind of led to my doing my first interview podcast, which has turned out to be something I really, really enjoy. I think I'm pretty good at, although you can let me know what you think. You know, subjective opinions are not always accurate, but I do think I'm pretty good at them and I definitely enjoy doing them. Then uh, episode six also was with Werwer, interview with Eugene and Shanna Sanderson, who also are affiliated with Werwer. So that was also a good episode. It was really cool that last year, uh, well, actually, I'm sorry, this year, Gene and I, what was it, in the summer? I forget exactly the month, but um, Gene and I had an opportunity to meet them down in New Jersey. We all went to the, the Vintage Motorcycle Festival down there at New Jersey Motorsports Park. So that was cool. Episode 7, Old Man Slacker and Motorcycle Philosophy, where I talked about why I had adopted this name, Old Man Slacker, and uh, you know, also about the motorcycle thing and realizing it was time to get a little more physically fit and to lose some weight, and, and which, by the way, while I'm mentioning that, so at the time I made that decision, I had already started losing weight when I recorded Episode 7, but um, when I had made the decision, I had gotten to almost 240 pounds. I'm like six foot. Um, and I've been meaning to look at the chart. I'm guessing the quote unquote, you know, healthy average normal weight for someone my height is probably about 190 pounds thereabouts, give or take. Um, I actually just recently got down to 202. Uh, my goal weight is like 200 pounds. So I've got about you know, two, two and a half pounds to go. You know, it does fluctuate up and down a little bit. But so my uh, my weight loss program has been very successful, which has been really cool. Um, and it, it's obvious, honestly, it's making a big, big difference. Uh, it is time to buy some more new clothes again. I've lost about almost six, five, maybe six inches off my waist at the point where I decided that was enough and it was time to slim down. I was up to a 38 inch waist. <clears throat> and uh, now I'm like at a 34, but it's kind of loose. And so it's looking like 33, 32 soon. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that's where I'm going to stop. But, you know, one of my thoughts on it was I want to get to 200 and maintain it there because I do want to do track days and I do want to, I am going to spend the money for a good leather suit. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to keep buying them. So it's like I want to buy a suit that fits and is going to stay fitting me. And so I think aside from just the health as health health aspects of that, um, just wanting to always be able to get in the suit is going to be a good, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, enticement or incentive to keep the weight off. One thing I will mention is just this past weekend, I was working on the house, actually was up on the roof, a uh, fairly steep section of the roof because it's just winterizing the house. It's getting kind of cold here on Long Island. And I was just putting, uh, you know, covers on the, the air, air conditioner units. We have like through the wall air conditioner units. And I remember two or three years ago, climbing up on this one section of the roof. This is when I weighed, you know, like almost 240 pounds. Being, being up on the ladder. It's a first-story roof, but still it's pretty sharply sloped, being like, mm -mm, I'm not feeling this at all. Nope, I'm not doing this, and I, I just didn't bother covering the unit. And uh, it was really cool, like, 
this year. I just put through the ladder up. I didn't even ask anyone to spot me, whatever. Just, you know, climbed up the ladder, got on the roof, wrapped the thing, no problem. It was just really interesting. So it, it's really paid off that way. So whatever. This is not like, uh, this is not, the, not supposed to be a health pitch or whatever. And I'm not telling people to lose weight, but I'll just say for myself, it's made a big difference. And, you know, being I'm in my mid 50s now, anything I can do to just feel better and more energetic is definitely worth it. All right, so moving on from there, episode eight was an interview with new rider and new motorcyclist G4. That's John Gardner. So that, uh, I guess, is the only, yeah, so, so John is the, uh, the, the first and only new rider that I've interviewed on the show, and I did have uh, two subsequent interviews with him, and we're planning more in the future. He had actually proposed that we do another episode, I think December, he was thinking, because of, you know, he's continuing to develop and build his skills, and he just wanted to share with everyone where things are at and the improvements he's made and, you know, what he's done. He, you know, he's definitely absorbed a lot of information from my podcast and other podcasts and whatever other sources that he has, but... You know, he's also put a lot of his own thought into it, and he's got a lot of good and interesting things to say. So that was really cool. Um, episode nine was a ton of fun. That was my interview with Fast Eddie from Moto Jitsu. So, uh, you know, anyone who follows my Facebook page or listens to me on this podcast or Throttled knows that, uh, you know, I talk a lot about Fast Eddie Moto Jitsu, love his stuff. He's got an awesome YouTube channel. I just, again, shared some of his really good videos, which for new riders, he recently did a video, one on, I forget the exact title, but basically stupid motorcycles for new new riders to buy. And then he did one, you know, 20 good motorcycles for uh, for new riders. So definitely check them out. Um, I'll put the links in the show notes. In fact, let me just open up a thing here so I can just FE videos. I don't forget. <clears throat> okay, sorry for any keyboard clicking in the background there. But uh, yeah, anyway, so... Um, yeah, definitely, especially new riders, anyone. I mean, anyone could benefit from watching his stuff. He's a very accomplished rider. You know, he's a motorcycle instructor. Um, he's got a lot of good ideas, a lot of good things to share. You know, he knows uh, Lee Parks very well and, you know, has taught for Lee Parks for Total Control and has worked with him on various things. And then moving on to episode 10, which was a discussion with Tony Tarabellini on keeping the sport of motorcycling alive. That was a really fun one, too. Actually, uh, I've seen Tony a little bit on and off in the Loud Pipes chat group. And uh, it looks like as of the latest, and Tony, if you're listening to this, you know, email me and, and kind of let me know, update me. I'll read it on the, read your email on the air. But it looked like he had moved. I think his family bought a house or something and sounded like they had more room. And maybe he was going to start getting the motorcycle on the road. So it sounded like, I don't know how it is for them. I'm not sure where they live and I don't know weather-wise how it is. Maybe not just you know, now maybe the start of the new season, but uh, yeah, so that was really cool to hear that he may be out riding soon. Then uh, episode 11, Talking Brap with Shaheen Alvandi, who is the co-host of Brap Talk with uh, Jensen Beeler. So that that was a really fun, fun episode too, just to talk with him. Uh, he and I are friends on Facebook and uh, I, I follow a lot of his stuff actually on Instagram too. <clears throat> you know, he's kind of a big uh, adventure sport rider. You know, he's got the Ducati you know, I have to tell you, I don't know all the Ducati models. I believe it's a Multistrada. Shaheen, if you're listening, correct me if I got that wrong. But uh, it's a beautiful bike. I love the delivery and the colors that he has on it. But uh, yeah, so and that's a good example of someone 
you know, who's into a kind of a different form of motorcycling than what I'm accustomed to. And that, that's a kind of a whole, whole different thing. So maybe he'll come on again and we'll talk about that a little bit. Episode 12, chat with Justin Edson from Jed's Moto. So that was really cool. Just talking about what Justin does to buy kind of inexpensive used motorcycles, rehabilitate them, fix them up, and then sell them fairly inexpensively. You know, he makes a little bit of money on it, basically, I think enough so that he's not losing money. Uh, but hey, if he's making money on it, more, more power to him. Uh, but then to make inexpensive motorcycles available to riders, you know, new riders, or you know, maybe some, sometimes they're bigger motorcycles, maybe better for more experienced riders. But again, something that could be done to help get more people involved, make it affordable, make it approachable, you know, make it something that they can do and just help build the industry. Episode 13, fire set chat with Dan Dan, the fireman. That also was a ton of fun. Um, I haven't had much as much time in the as I did in the past to follow his stuff, but I know he's actively putting out videos all the time. He does a lot of these crash videos where he gives pointers on, you know, what you can do to avoid accidents or analyzing what riders do incorrectly in these different crash videos. So definitely check that out. I know he had looked into um, being a trainer and a teacher for the accident scene management course that I had mentioned when I interviewed with him. Unfortunately, it sounds like that didn't quite work out uh, just because the direction he wanted to go with it was not something that they wanted to do. But so I, I think that didn't quite go anywhere. But still, you know, Dan Dan the Fireman is still doing his stuff. And I still recommend, you know, check out the uh, accident scene management course if you are so interested. Um, make a note for that as well. I'll put a link in the show notes. And then episode 14, the first update from New Rider G4. So we kind of talk with him and see where he was going and how things were how things were doing with his riding and he was progressing. So that was really cool. Episode 15, test rides of the Yamaha Nikon and MT-09 and the, where is it? Where is it? R3. Yeah. So that actually was the my first opportunity to ride a sport bike, you know, a bike with a more lean forward position with clip-ons and the whole deal. It was a lot, a lot of fun, and it was interesting because I always had kind of a little back off. I didn't know how I would do on a sport bike and if I could manage it and the leaning forward and all that kind of thing, but kind of pleasantly surprised me that, uh, yeah, it worked out really well, so that was really, really cool. So if you're interested in those bikes, you can check that out. I enjoyed riding the Nikon. Episode 16, hanging out with Werwer founder Haley Bell. So that was a ton of fun. Gina and I interviewed her um, just about how Werwer got started. And actually, we want to have her back on. I'm, I'm sure she'd be glad to do it. Um, just because like since that time, this was back in July, just July 3rd. So since that time, a lot, a lot of things have happened. The baton has gone probably halfway around the world. I'm not exactly sure where it is right now, but they did the... Uh, the, the section of the United States. I know Haley Bell and Liza Miller from Motorcycles and Misfits and uh, a bunch, bunch of other women had done a pretty uh, pretty intense ride, you know, th to go to, to take the baton across the U.S. for the U.S. portion of the worldwide relay. So that was really, really cool. So it'd be good to uh, talk with her and see how she enjoyed it because Haley did come over to the U.S. and she rode that part, the U.S. leg. And, uh, it looks to me just, you know, following her on Facebook and whatnot, that there's a lot of activity going on. And like the Warware is getting more and more exposure and more and more magazines and, you know, video channels and things are, are picking up on the story and interviewing her and talking about Warware. So that's really cool. I think that's a really good success story. Episode 17 was test rides of the Kawasaki Ninja 650 
and Versus 1000 LT and Ninja ZX6R. So, you know, if you're interested in those bikes, check it out. I will tell you that Ninja ZX6R was a blast. I had so much fun riding that bike. Uh, I definitely am not going to buy one anytime soon. One, because as a street bike, I would get myself in way too much trouble. And two, as a track bike, honestly, don't feel I'm up to uh, really being able to take advantage of a bike like that just yet. So maybe that will come in the future. Rolling forward, we have episode 18 on living life featuring motorcyclist and artist Jay. Uh, So Jay is a co-host now on the um, Creative Writing Podcast, also an awesome podcast. So if you haven't listened, check that out. Um, And it was basically, I talked to her, one, about an accident that she had on her motorcycle and what was going on with that. I know she's still recovering from it. But more importantly, uh, what that's kind of resulted in is her, in order to have a way to make income and whatever, she really started to make use of her talents as an artist. And so she's been doing all kinds of motorcycle art. So I definitely uh, suggest you check that out. She did a piece for me. I commissioned her to do a, a piece of my for my Z900 RS. And I know she's been doing uh, pieces for a lot of other people. And with her girlfriend, they've been doing all kinds of stuff. And she has a lot of artist friends. And she's doing stickers and, and all kinds of cool stuff. She goes by the Flying Banana. So uh, if you're interested, you can get Flying Banana stickers. So check out that episode. Moving on, we then had episode 19, A Twist of the Wrist with Keith Code. That was that was a ton of fun. That was awesome, awesome. You know, Keith is such a, a legend in the motorcycle industry. You know, one of many. There's lots and lots of legends, but Keith is definitely a cool guy. And just to look at everything he's done to just, uh, you know, bring formal instruction to the world of motorcycling, both for street riders and track riders and racers was really, really cool. Everything that he's done with California Superbike School. So check that out. That then led to episode 20, Life at Lean with Dan Netting. Uh, Dan is a motorcycle track rider. He does ride streets, but not really much anymore. He's got a lot of materials on social media available for people who want to improve their track riding skills. You know, everything from videos to written materials, and he'll actually do one-on-one coaching with people if you happen to live in the United Kingdom where he's located. Then episode 21. So you can kind of get the theme here. So I started to get into the, well, with Keith Code, not just motorcycle racing, but the more advanced forms of motorcycling. So on-track instruction, Dan Netting then was track riding. And then I did episode 21 interview with Moto America super sport rider, Braden Ort. So he is a professional motorcycle racer in Moto America. Um, I'm actually interested to see what's going to happen with him this season. Um, I'm, I know he was looking for a ride, but you know, on, in that interview, he had mentioned the fact that he is in college right now. And actually his long-term goal is to become a plastic surgeon. Uh, you know, surgeons cannot afford to have damaged hands. So I know he expressed some concern about how much longer he wanted to keep racing because racing is risky and things can go wrong. But uh, I know he was seeing if he could put together a ride for this coming season. So it'll be interesting to see what happens and if he's still racing in Mode America. But really cool guy. So check out that episode. Then episode 22 was Wes Fleming on buying his new Indian FTR 1200S, which again was another fun episode. Wes is uh, the host of a couple of podcasts, which uh, you can go back to past episodes of that one. There's links in there, Um, but he's got like 200 miles before breakfast and then chasing the horizon. 
and he's got a YouTube channel, and he's he's involved in a lot of different things. He's got uh, through his involvement in the BMW MOA Motorcycle Owners Association, he has a lot of connections in the industry. So he's been getting a lot of really good uh, people on to interview and whatnot. So check that out. And uh, we didn't talk a lot in detail about his FTR 1200S, and maybe we'll do that in an upcoming episode if he wants to come back on. But we did talk about the bike and particularly about the whole process of buying a new bike and what's involved and you know the planning and the insurance and you know dealing with the dealerships and stuff like that so check that out episode 23 moto america twins cup race at chris bays that also was a ton of fun i uh sponsored chris towards the end of uh the 2019 sorry 2019 season in moto america Really good dude. Uh, got to meet him in person, you know, as I did Braden Ort. Uh, it was it's kind of it was really cool being able to see him at a race and just go find him in the pits and you know hang out in the garage areas to working on bikes and whatever. So unfortunately, he did get injured, but uh, we we talked about that on one of the episodes. But uh, he is on the mend. I know I've just been following him on Facebook and Instagram, and he's had the surgery to repair his elbow and his shoulder. And uh, as far as I know, he is looking forward to racing again 2020 season. I believe he's not going to be doing the whole Moto America calendar, but he is going to be doing all the East Coast races. So that'll be cool. It'll be good to get a chance to see him. I'm going to fit in as many races as I can this season, although I'm going to have to balance that against the expense of doing track days and stuff but uh we'll talk about that maybe i'll talk about that a little bit later then we went on to episode 24 tom walker the moto coach and getting me on the track so that was fun um tom is a track instructor and he does track days himself and uh unfortunately in that episode we did after he had had an accident on the track where he uh injured his uh his ankle um, I have not gotten any recent updates from him. So Tom, if you're listening, shoot me an email. That's uh, also reminding me, I do need to follow up with him and see how he's doing, but he, he was on the mend, you know, he had set up another bike that he could use when he was ready. Uh, so I'd be interested to have him on again and we'll talk about his plans for the coming season and riding and track days and, you know, what he plans to do that way. Episode 25 was with Moto America Superbike racer, Kyle Wyman, which Again, fun, fun interview. Kyle's a really good dude. Um, it's it's cool because he's racing a Ducati in the Superbike class in Moto America, uh, the uh, Panigale V4R, and actually has done extensive modifications to it to make the bike competitive with the uh, the factory teams. And towards the end of last season, he was starting to do really well. He'd come up. I think he had almost a podium finish. I think he had a fourth. It was maybe it was a fifth at Barber, which was the last race of the season. Uh, and I know I've just been following him and he's doing a lot of work on, on the bike for this coming season. A lot of, a lot of mods and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I expect him to be really competitive, uh, even better. He just recently had some surgery to fix a problem in his neck that he had from an injury. I think when he was like 17, he, uh, was racing, Flat track was actually the first year he was professionally racing flat track and uh, he was practicing training and he had an accident and had the motorcycle end up landing on the back of his neck and busted some vertebra and stuff. And evidently he's had all kinds of problems and issues since then. If you're interested in learning more, you could check out the most recent episode of uh, Off Track with Carruthers and Bice, the Motor America podcast. They interviewed him and he talked a lot about the surgery and the, the results afterwards, evidently things are going very well, greatly improved, uh, but he talks about why he needed the surgery, so that that uh, is really good to check out. Episode 26 was motorcycle racer Chris Bays and new racing fan G4. So 
that was the interview with the two of them. Um, also, I keep saying that, I know, but I just enjoy doing this stuff so much. But it was a great, great episode. Um, this is where Chris and I announced, um, actually, no, I guess it was the prior one. We had announced that we were doing a, a giveaway for uh, tickets for week Weekend Pass for Motor America. And uh, G4 ended up winning the tickets, so he went to see the race in Pittsburgh. And by all... All, all accounts had a great great time really enjoyed it so i think we've got a new racing fan there so that's kind of cool and again just fitting in with the whole theme of so you know we've got a, a new guy a new motorcycle rider right he just started riding in 2019 and now he's got an interest in motorcycle racing i don't know that he's going to be as crazy about it as i am and follow it as deeply as i do but he did enjoy it and you know i'm sure he'll see more racing when he gets a chance Episode 27 was 60s and 70s motorcycle racer Tony Sheriff. So, Tony, hey, hey, I hope you're listening to this one. If you are, give me, a, give me a shout. Let me know how things are going. But that was a ton of fun, particularly <clears throat> to talk with Tony about all his past experience racing. He raced back in the, the 1960s and 70s, all kinds of motorcycles, two-wheel motorcycles. He was also passenger on a sidecar. Lots of great, great stories. So, yeah, definitely would like to have him on again. We, we only scraped the surface of the stories that he had. And by the way, that's one of the things like I want to do with this podcast. It's really cool because and this is actually something I had heard uh, someone, I think it was, uh, well, his name escapes me, but he's got a YouTube channel. And he had talked about one of the reasons he does his YouTube videos as a YouTube channel is for the benefit of his grandkids, you know, because it's like he's got a recorded legacy, something he can leave behind. So um, I think it's been really cool having a chance to talk with guys like Keith Code and Tony Sheriff and... Um, you know, just guys that have been around and seen so much and have so much to share and, you know, have a chance to talk with them and get it recorded. And, you know, as long as as long as I pay to have the, the podcast hosted, right, um, it'll be accessible to people, you know, and they'll be able to check it out. So uh, that's one of the things I'm, I'm enjoying about doing this. So uh, we're getting almost to the end of the list here. So episode 28, gearing up with Bond Body Armor. So that's the armor that I use. Really, really good stuff. It's uh it's useful year round, but in particular, I had invested in it because of how well suited it is to riding in warm climates and warm conditions. You know, so for Long Island summers, which get to be hot and humid, it works out really good. Episode 29, uh, Dave Moss on fitting your motorcycle, sorry, fitting your motorcycle to you. So that was an interview with Dave Moss from Dave Moss Tuning. I definitely advise everyone to listen to that podcast. Um, I I think that even listening to that podcast episode, you may not totally get how important the material he talks about is. But just briefly, what I'll mention is kind of what it's and it's, it's so it's interesting, right? Because and and this is one of the things I'm enjoying about talking to so many people and reading so many books is there's so much information out there, and when you expose yourself to all of it, everything kind of gels and comes together because different people have different pieces of the puzzle and come at things from certain angles. And when you look at it all and you absorb it all, you get a very clear picture of where things are at. So for example, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, Greg Widmar, right? Fast Eddie from Moto Jitsu talks about how it's never the bike, it's the rider. And I agree with him, right? To the extent, like what his point is, is most of us, are limited by us, not by the motorcycle we ride. And so what he's run into is people who 
complain about their motorcycle or blame the motorcycle about what they can or can't do on it or they sell it and get something else. And his point is that generally, you know, and there are exceptions. And if you just look at some of the videos that I mentioned earlier that he's come out with, right? He, you know, he does mention, uh, particularly for a new rider, there are motorcycles that are going to make it more difficult than other motorcycles. And that's why he put those videos together. You know, if you're a new rider and you decide to get a powerful sport bike, guess what? You're going to have a hard time learning how to ride. But like, so that aside, those kind of exceptions, you know, his, I, his, his point basically is that you know, kind of any motorcycle is going to be suitable. And most of us don't ride the motorcycles to their capability, right? What's limiting us is our understanding of riding and riding technique, you know, lack of practicing, lack of understanding the basic skills and, and technology and physics of how a motorcycle operates and lack of advanced training, right? Because the point he makes, which I agree with, is when you do the basic rider course, like that's awesome. You've got some training under your belt. You can get your license, but you know he says that's basically an eighth grade, eighth grade education. Just like any other skill you develop in life, if you want to be a professional at something, you continue educating yourself. You do other courses. You, you know that, that's why we have associate degrees and bachelor degrees and master's degrees and PhDs, right? So his point is, you want to keep doing courses so you get to the PhD level. You know, as a motorcyclist, if that's your goal and where you want to go. But so so anyway, so the point is, so I agree with all of that. But that aside, the point that Dave Moss makes and and really like listen to the interview and also check out his YouTube channel and he's got so much free material available. Like just check that out. And then, you know, if you want, subscribe. It's not expensive. You can get access to more detailed information. But his basic point is we very often overlook the man-machine interface when it comes to a motorcycle. The ergonomics can be very, very important, right? So... Even to the point, like one of the points he made is that he often sees motorcycles where when the bike was put together at the dealership before you bought your new motorcycle or you bought it used, you know, from whatever. And it's been this way since the motorcycle was new and assembled at a dealership that the handlebars are off center. Right. And and it's a kind of thing. It could be a little bit off center. But if you're not aware of it and you don't correct it now, because we as humans are so adaptable, you're going to adjust yourself to this improper setup of the motorcycle now multiply that take okay the handlebars maybe are off center um very often you know when you buy a motorcycle unfortunately i have bought two motorcycles and my recollection is there was no effort to set the bike up for me now yes i could have requested it and didn't you know in both cases i got on the bike i was like okay this feels fine and i didn't really know any better so whatever i left it kind of as it is Gina's had some adjustments at the dealer on her bike, but so now extend it to other things. Like, uh, in fact, one of the Dave Moss videos, he showed a woman who was on a sport bike and her clip-ons were not adjusted at the same angle. So one wrist was at a different angle than the other, right? You've got other adjustments like your, your clutch lever and your front brake lever. Are they rotated improperly either too high or too low? You know, because again, his point was that you want your forearm, your wrist and your hand to be relatively flat so that for for comfort reasons and for better control of the motorcycle. And by the way, this doesn't just apply to sport bikes. This could apply to any motorcycle. Then his point is, okay, good. So you've, you've got the handlebar set up properly centered and whatever for the person. And by the way, he also makes the point that a person who had some kind of deformity in their body or through aging or whatever, 
don't need centered handlebars, you can make them more comfortable on the bike by purposefully putting the handlebars off center, right? So this is something else I never thought about before. But the point with the, the controls, the hand controls, is you don't want to have to either rotate your hand forward or backwards in order to properly grab the lever. One thing I have adjusted on my motorcycle, actually both of them, fortunately the Kawasaki's, even less expensive models, <clears throat> have adjustments so that you can control how far the lever is from the hand grip um, when it's in its resting position. So I've brought them in as far as I can. One, because I like to cover the front brake when I'm riding, um, but also I don't want to have to stretch, right? Because again, with your throttle hand, if you have to either rotate your hand down or back or stretch your fingers out, there's a good chance you're going to mess with the throttle and you don't want to be doing that. So at any rate, I hope that kind of gives you an idea. I know maybe I talked a little bit more than I should about this one episode, but I hope that gives you an idea of the kind of things he's talking about, like all these different things that could be set up on your bike just in terms of ergonomics. Then there's the whole side of not just riding your bike stock the way it came from the manufacturer or just setting things the way they recommend in the, the owner's manual, but taking the time to really make sure that your suspension settings are correct for you. For you, the bike your weight, your riding style, where you're riding, all these things, you know, is if you have adjustable suspension, you know, make sure that the preload is set properly front and back. Make sure that the the uh, the suspension dampening, suspension damping is set properly, you know, both on the, the rebound, both the compression damping and the rebound damping, if you have those settings. Um, tire pressure, you know, he makes the point that just going by the tire pressure in the owner's manual, it's kind of safe and you know, like the same thing applies to every bike, every rider, no matter what their weight, no matter what temperature they're riding in. He's like, really, that doesn't make any sense. So there's a lot of different things that could be done to tailor the bike, one, so that it's more comfortable and safer. And of course, the bike that's more comfortable is going to be safer. But definitely check out his stuff. Awesome, awesome stuff. All right. So moving on. Episode 30, talking off track with Carruthers and Bice. So that's the episode I mentioned at the beginning where I had an opportunity to talk to these guys who are awesome, awesome guys and uh, members of the team at Motor America. Paul Carruthers is the communications manager and Sean Bice is a consultant that works with Motor America and very closely with Paul Carruthers. And so they handle a lot of the kind of the media, the, uh, the press releases, the rider interviews, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, both during races and then uh, between races and in the off season, they have their own podcast uh, off track with Carruthers and Bice. So definitely check that out if you're interested in uh, motorcycle racing in Motor America. Good, good stuff. And uh, yeah, they, they had agreed to come on the show again. So maybe when the season gets started, 2020, I'll uh, have them on probably before I see them the first time at the first race I go to, which I'm thinking, I'm actually thinking should be Road Atlanta, but we'll see. Anyway, I got to plan that out. So then I started this 15 minutes of motorcycles. And the idea with that was that there, there have been times where either because I'm traveling or going to races or whatever it happened to be, maybe on vacation, it was hard to get an episode together. Uh, and particularly when I do the full episodes, you know, with an interview and there's all the prep work beforehand and then doing the interview and editing the interview and putting on the music and all that kind of stuff, which I like doing and I like doing those kind of episodes. But sometimes I, I wouldn't put an episode every week, which is my goal, because I just couldn't get to it. So I had this idea, let me do sometimes these shorter episodes called 15 Minutes of Motorcycles, where I would just quickly sit down and record some thoughts and ideas and give some useful information. Neither of them has been 15 minutes. The first one, I think, was 
almost 30 minutes and the last one was 45 minutes or something. But anyway, so first one was uh, about high-tech gear where I talked about um, things like 60 helmets, you know, with advanced technology for shock absorption and uh, torsional control and stuff like that in case of accidents. And then air vest technology like from Alpine Stars and Dionese and um, what was the other one? Is um, name escapes me right. Helite, you know, and et cetera. And then uh, the most recent episode, 32, was 15 Minutes of Motorcycles on heated gear, where I talked about the heated gear that I use from uh, Field Shear and Mobile Warming. So those were those were good episodes as well. So I did get good feedback on the idea of 15 Minutes of Motorcycles and doing shorter episodes. I am kind of thinking I may just do away with that name, and then sometimes I may just do shorter episodes. This one is already 46 minutes, so it looks like this is going to be a longer one. I hope you guys are still with me. I hope this is interesting. It's been really good for me to kind of go back and go through all these things, and I'm kind of hoping, hoping that people who haven't been listening from the beginning, now that they kind of have the catalog you know, maybe it's like, oh, maybe I should go and listen to that episode now that you have an idea what it is, because sometimes you just go by a title and it doesn't totally give you the idea of what it's about. And then for people who have listened to the episodes already, you know, hopefully it just gives whatever, gives more perspective on why I did them and, you know, what I got out of them and maybe things I hadn't mentioned when I did the original episodes. So at any rate, um, I may kind of drop this 15 minutes of motorcycles thing, you know, email me, let me know what you think. Um, about that, but maybe sometimes they'll be longer, sometimes they'll be shorter. I like the name because it kind of tells people which the shorter ones are, but, you know, of course, from your podcast app or if you go to my website, you know, you can just look and and see the length of it as well. All right, all right. So that was quite a bit of time spent on looking back, but uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I think it was definitely was worth it for me. It was kind of cool to just kind of go back and look at all the things that I've done since March and uh, on these 30-something-odd episodes. All right, so we're about 47 minutes or so into the episode, and I still have two other parts to go over, which is the catching up and listener appreciation. But uh, that actually maybe is kind of a good segue here because it, it kind of fits into the title I chose for the episode, right? So giving thanks. So I thought now is kind of a good opportunity to talk about you know the things that I'm thankful for when it comes to you know, the podcast and the world of, of motorcycling in general. So first of all, I just want to thank you, the listener. Um, you guys and gals are awesome. You know, obviously, the purpose of doing a podcast is to get out information for people to listen to. So, uh, you know, it's it's very rewarding to know that people are listening. Uh, I, of course, constantly want to build the audience. I'd like to have more and more listeners, you know, of course, I'd love to have as many listeners as like Fast Eddie and uh, Dan Dan the Fireman have, you know, YouTube followers and whatnot. You know, they're getting upwards of 100,000 or something. I'm not quite at that point yet, but it actually doesn't really matter in, in a way. You know, of course, I want to have as wide an appeal as possible and I want to help and impact as many people as possible. But the fact is, I do know I'm impacting people. You know, people email me and tell me what they like about the show and what they've gotten out of it and you know, I've, I've formed some really good friendships because of it. So it, it, it's just been awesome. So, you know, but of course, you know, you'll, you always want to keep things growing and, and, and keep things going. But uh, so definitely you listeners are awesome. Um, I really enjoy doing this. Uh, I hope you're continuing to enjoy it. I do, you know, and, and please take this seriously when I say I do want to hear from you. You know, I, I do hear from quite a few listeners, but I, I'd love to hear from everyone. So even if it's just uh to say hello or, hey, I ride this kind of bike or keep up the good work or, you know, hey, 
this kind of thing you could do better or could you cover this kind of topic or you know you said something that wasn't correct here's the data you know here's something to go read you know by all means uh, you know please feel free to write you can contact me anytime at so you want to ride at yahoo.com or you know you will find all the links to my social media and to contact me in the uh, show notes for the podcast episode or of course you can go to the website so you want to ride or you can use so you want to ride a motorcycle.com if you don't mind typing as much but either either url will work uh but yeah there's a contact form there so you can reach me that way but yeah definitely definitely write in um i will i don't know if i'm going to get to it in this part it looks like i'm going to be doing a part two but one of the parts of uh catching up was i have gotten emails from quite a few listeners that i never had a chance to mention on the air even though they you know said it was okay to do so and that's going back to like episode one episode two and i've been wanting to do this catch-up for a very long time and the only reason i haven't done it is it does take a little time and you know i'm putting an episode together and i'm up at midnight and it's like i really want to read the emails but i got to get the episode out kind of thing so anyway so this is my chance in this episode whether it's in this part or part two but uh, i'm, I'm going to do that so hang hang in tight for that and uh you know if you have emailed me and i have haven't haven't uh read your email on the air yet hang tight because i am going to do that as part of this episode um so yeah and uh so actually i've got uh some newer emails just based on the 15 minutes of motorcycles I've been doing. But uh, like I said, I've got emails going back a little bit. So yeah, definitely uh, very, very thankful to you, my listeners. Then uh, also very thankful for my guests. Um, it's been awesome. I've, I've had ev every guest has been just awesome. And I've been very pleasantly surprised, you know, when uh, I first started doing this and first started reaching out. It's like, well, I'm a new podcaster and haven't been doing this that long. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know, are people going to be willing to come on? And with, with one exception, everybody I've asked, it's like, hey, I do this podcast. This is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to expand the motorcycle industry. Would you like to be a guest? They're like, yeah, sure, no problem. You know, and sometimes the logistics are a little more difficult or the timing's a little difficult to work out. But you know, every, everyone's been willing and it's, it's worked out really well. So, uh, I really appreciate that. A lot of my content, you know, comes from my guests. And one of the reasons I do that is I gotta tell you, I've learned so much in the past three years, you know, since 2016, um, I def I've learned a lot. I think I have a really good understanding of things. Uh, I need to start putting it into practice and start testing. And that's one of the reasons I want to start doing track days. Although, and I won't talk about it a lot right now, but I was actually thinking about tonight coming home from the city that maybe my emphasis for 2020, if I can get on the track doing track days, that'll be awesome. But I think really my emphasis needs to be on training, doing some more training, probably looking at California Superbike School and total control, as well as maybe some other things. The reason being that I've learned a lot and I do believe I understand a lot. And I think most of what I say makes sense. I haven't been corrected yet. <laughs> you know, and I've talked to people like Keith Code and Dan Netting and whatever. Um, so I think I got the basics down. But it's time to put it into practice and it's time to test if I can apply it as well as I think I understand it, right? Because that's always the difference is you can study something like book learning, but sometimes the transition from doing that to the application is where it doesn't totally go so smooth. I'm not expecting to have problems, but... I'm kind of thinking with the understanding I have, it's time to start putting it into practice and demonstrating if I have it or not. And having someone who is very experienced and knows how to teach motorcycle riding be able to point out to me, hey, you're doing that well, you're not doing that well, here's what you can do. 
you know, and, and just kind of have someone to, to guide me and, and work with me. So I'm thinking if I do that first, one, it'll make me a much better, safer street rider, but then I will get a lot more out of doing track days. And and yes, you can get coaching on the track when you do track days, and that's cool too. And and Dan Netting has said like one of the best things is one-on-one track coaching. It totally makes sense to me. Um, but I'm thinking more education, you know, like doing, and even if it's on a track, like Total Control, California Superbike School training on a track, but like going for the training, like, you know, classroom instruction and coaches all around and getting corrected and whatever, I'm kind of thinking is the way to go. Okay, so at any rate, um, how did I get off on this tangent? Oh, because I was talking about the, the, the guests that I've had. Um, so, and, yeah, so a lot of the guests have kind of been the content, and the point I was getting to is, yes, I understand a lot now, but when I started this thing, I was like, I, you know, I'm not super, super experienced as a writer. I'm an intelligent guy. I can figure things out, but I felt it was better to bring on people who are experts in their various areas, talk to them, interview them. One, I get to learn, but more importantly, my listeners get to learn and get exposed to something that maybe they they weren't aware of. So I definitely want to continue doing that. This past couple episodes have not been interviews, but I got to tell you, I have a list, probably at least 50 people who've agreed to be on the show, and then another a list of another 50 people who I just haven't contacted yet, but I'm pretty confident will come on the show. So I, I have like guests lined up for the next couple of years. <laughs> so it's going to be really interesting. If if I could do more than ep- one more than one episode a week, I would, but it's it's really kind of tough. So so it'll be interesting to see you know how how I get to all of these interviews and stuff. Um, so yeah, so definitely very very thankful to the guests that I've had. Um, and, and so one thing is, you know, and one of the ideas that came up with, well, I mean, for a long time now, I've been asking, you know, give me feedback, write in and stuff. And so that, that doesn't change. Um, in the 15 minutes of motorcycle segments I did, you know, I did mention, I want the show or at least those segments to be more interactive and I'm definitely going to carry that over. So I, I really, I'm really going to try to get in the habit of, you know, write me an email and I will mention it on the next show. This way we'll kind of have a dialogue going week to week. Um, because I really do want to shape the show based on what my listeners are looking for, whether it's beginning type stuff, intermediate type stuff, advanced type stuff, um, people you want to listen to, you want to hear about, hear from or whatever, definitely willing to do that. So do me a favor, you know, send me an email and let me know who your favorite guest has been so far and why, what you liked about it, you know, maybe what you didn't like about it. And again, who you'd like to see me have on in the future. Uh, also, I am very thankful to Werwer, the Women Riders World Relay, for many, many, many reasons. Um, you know, not the least of which is just what they are doing. They're setting a tremendous example. You know, Haley Bell and, you know, Shauna and her husband and uh, Sarah and Liza Miller. You know, everyone, all the women involved, women and, and guys, right? There's some guys involved too. Involved in that effort, um, it's just really, really cool to see what they're doing and the exposure that they're getting and what can be accomplished when people set their minds to doing something. So um, in particular, you know, Werwer gave me the first opportunity to interview someone, right? So um, so Gina and I had the opportunity to interview Sarah Worthylake, you know, who is one of the admins for in, in Werwer. Um, if I remember correctly, she handles the, the U.S. Ripple Relay. But uh, that, that was a ton of fun. Um, just great, 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 great lady to talk to. Um, it's a lot of fun. It was just cool to see 
you know, how she got involved and what she was getting out of it. Just really, really inspirational. So uh, it was cool. So anyway, so just getting involved with Werewar and becoming a sponsor, you know, kind of led to that. I think Liza Miller was the, the first person who kind of threw it out like, hey, you know, would you like to, to interview someone from Werewar? And I definitely jumped at the opportunity. So Liza and Haley and Sarah and, and crew, um, definitely thank you for, uh, you know, being being my first guests, right? And, and so Shannon and her husband were on and Haley Bell was on and uh we ha- I haven't scheduled it with her yet, but uh, definitely would like to have Liza on, especially now that she's uh, completed that, that leg, you know, the, the U.S. leg of the uh, World Relay. So that's really cool. So, uh, yeah, so definitely thank you, thank you to Werwer. Uh, also, I want to give thanks to all the different podcasts that I listen to. So um, let me just quickly pull up my podcast app, and I will try to put links to all of these in the show notes, although it is a lengthy list. But just to give an idea, right? So basically the idea is that when I first got started in motorcycling, podcast was my main source of information, and I learned a lot. And it definitely is what led to me wanting to do my own podcast. One, um, just as a way of returning you know, we're kind of returning the favor or paying it forward. Um, but just also because I was inspired by all these different podcasts and what they're doing to help get the word out and, you know, support the motorcycling industry and help grow the motorcycle industry. So these are in no particular order other than basically, I guess, the alphabetical order that they're listed in my podcast app. Um, I have listened to all of these podcasts some of them, many of them, not a lot recently, just because time, whatever, it's it's been kind of difficult. And as anyone knows, once you become a content creator, as fun and rewarding as it is, you don't always have as much time to absorb content. And lately, I tend to be a little more focused on the things that I'm particularly interested in. So, you know, motorcycle racing, I listen to a lot of those podcasts, um, any podcasts that talk about more advanced riding techniques and things of that sort. Um and then actually podcasts about podcasting and creating podcasts and all that kind of stuff. But uh, so the ones that I that I have in my podcast app and that I definitely have listened to or actively listen to now, uh, 200 Miles Before Breakfast, Brap Talk, Cafe Racer Podcast, Chasing the Horizon, the Cleveland Moto Podcast, Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast, Girl on a Moto, Greg's Garage Podcast with Jason Pridmore and Greg White, the Law Abiding Biker Podcast, Loud Pipes, of course, one of my early ones. Uh, this one, which is Motorific Podcast, also a good podcast. Um, Motorcycle Men, so hey, shout out to Ted Kettler and the crew. Um, related to Loud Pipes, the Motorcycle Podcast is Challenge Podcast. I definitely listen to all those episodes when the MPC is rolling. Uh, of course, Motorcycles and Misfits Podcast from the Recycle Garage. Uh, he hasn't done episodes in a while, but Motorcycles on the Record, which is another podcast by Jensen Beeler, which is really good. Of course, Off Track with Carruthers and Bias, you hear me re- mention quite a bit, you know, and I've interviewed those guys. Uh, okay, that's a podcast one, podcast one, we'll skip that. Uh, I'll mention, you know, listen to these back episodes. Wild Ride Radio um, was one that I really, really enjoyed. He has not released episodes in quite some time. And one of the things I was going to mention, and I'll, so I'll do it now, is he for a while was doing something called Motorcycle Minute. It was just a little short episode he did every day. It was a minute long and just was like some little quick topic on motorcycling, which in part was the inspiration that I had for uh, 15 Minutes of Motorcycles. But um, yeah, so those two were uh, produced and uh, you know hosted by Dallas Hageman. Uh, so they were really, really good. Like I said, it looks like his last episode was, one second here, 
May 2018, and I think that actually might have been a repeat. I know it got into a period where he was re-releasing some of his older episodes. Um, So he he has not done a podcast episode in a while. I don't know why exactly. I do know that the related Facebook page is still up and running, and he and I had actually briefly chatted back and forth a little bit. Um, But anyway, the the episodes are still available, so go check them out. You know, just look at the back episodes. There's some really good ones there. They have not release one in a while i think they've kind of stopped but there's the loud pipes downshift um which actually come to think of it i think you have to be one of their patron subscribers so that may not be accessible to you uh but a related podcast is the shut up and ride motorcycle podcast uh which is also a really good one so definitely check that out then we've got the moto experience um he's got he's up to what 46 episodes so there's another good one of course tom walker has the moto coach he's got five episodes not a lot but they're they're good on uh let's see the episode titles are he's got an intro episode then vision posture breaking and track days so go check those out those are good then we have the noco moto podcast wheel nerds the motorcycle life Throttled, of course, of which I am still a podcast, and Wingman's Garage. Um, so, yeah, so it's saying 35 podcasts here. I know some of these I skipped because they're just podcasts about podcasts. So I'd say it's probably about 30 or so in total. So, uh, yeah, absolutely uh, thankful to everyone who's out there doing podcasting. A lot of these started way before I even got into motorcycling, let alone, you know, started thinking about doing a podcast. So, They've all been an inspiration, um, in particular, of course, you know, um, so in particular, um, Loud Pipes, which I believe was one, one of, or the first motorcycle podcast that I found. And I believe the first one that I started supporting as a patron, um, they kind of sort of helped me get started a little bit in podcasting. Cause I was a guest on, I think tw- twice, once or twice. I know once, uh, I talked about, uh, seeing the, in 2018, the International Motorcycle Show at the Javits Center in New York City. And then I was on another time, like as a panel member or something, which was really cool when they were doing their, I don't, I don't think they've done one in a while, but they were doing like a round table thing, which was called escapes me, but that's okay. Um, and then of course, uh, throttle podcast, uh, you know, definitely thankful to Kevin for, uh, you know, he really, really is the one that helped give me a start in the whole podcasting thing. You know, he welcomed me on the show as a co-host, which was a total blast. Uh, I remember, you know, feeling the nerves at first. It's like joining a going thing. And, you know, I'd listened to Kevin and Larry so many times and, you know, they had a really good thing going. It's like, oh, I don't want to come in and mess it up or, you know, sound dumb or not know what I'm talking about. But I think it worked out really good, especially with me being the, the least experience of the group. I kind of brought that element in. And uh, yeah, and so now we're at the point where um, we've got a really good crew. You know, if you know, if you're not a listener of Throttle, definitely listen. We've got, you know, great, great stuff. Um, Kevin and Larry always come up with good contents and good topics to talk about now it's been broadened kevin's kind of broadened it into more of a panel show so kind of he and larry are the 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 kind of stable members you know hosts co-hosts that are always there um and then whenever i can join i definitely will and we have tom potashnik who is on and ted kettler from motorcycle men is sometimes on um and also uh brian honeycutt you know as a listener to our podcast will come on and I know he's going to bring on other people here and there. So it's, it's really cool. And then what's nice is now that I've got some experience podcasting and I know the ins and outs a little bit and I can handle the recordings. And although I don't do it yet 
in as sophisticated a way as Kevin does with the whole setup that he has. You know, I know enough that I can get a show recorded, you know, like I do for my show. Um, and so if there's situations where either he can't record because the last couple couple episodes recently, he's had power problems where he lives. And so, you know, he couldn't do the recording or whatever. So I was able to kind of do that. Or actually for Thanksgiving uh, coming up, he's going to be away for a week or 10 days or so with the family. So uh, Larry and I and a couple other guys will be able to continue the show. So anyway, so it, it's really been cool to contribute in that way. So you know, not not just as a co-host and getting a chance to get my feet wet and podcasting and see what it was all about and become comfortable, but it kind of gave me enough confidence and experience that I could kind of, you know, break off and, and start my own, but to still be part of Throttled is really, really cool. So Kevin, uh, Kevin, man, I hope you're listening. I, I really thank you for that. It's It's been awesome. And uh, yeah, continue to look forward to working with you guys. And on the theme of uh, giving thanks, so, and on the subject of podcasts and stuff. So another thing I'm I'm thankful for is what the guys at Loud Pipes have done and Kevin, you know, with Throttled and Ted with Motorcycle Men and uh you know Larry right with uh oh sorry, Junkie Turdman from Creative Writing Podcast, you know, everything that these guys have done to help bring together the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge and make that a really exciting, fun going concern. Um, it's been a ton of fun for me to participate the last couple of years, um, you know, as, as a part of the throttle team. And like I said, I'm looking forward to the coming year, you know, having a, a team under my podcast banner, but it, it's just been a really cool, fun thing. Um, just another way to get, I don't know, to get the podcast together, to get them communicating, get the listeners involved, get the listeners more involved with the podcasters and getting to know the hosts and the co-hosts and all that kind of stuff. So that's been a ton of fun and I'm definitely looking forward to participating in 2020. Continuing to give thanks, so definitely thankful for pioneers in the industry like Keith Code and Lee Parks, you know, the things that they've developed. Of course, they're not the only ones in the industry. There's many, many, many people. I mean, the field of motorcycling goes back to, what, the late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, a lot, a lot of people have been involved over the years, all kinds of design, innovation, technology, and whatever. But what people like Keith Code and Lee Parks have done to make motorcycling more accessible to quote unquote the layman, you know, people like myself who just want to give it a shot and want to learn and enjoy it. You know, they've, they've really helped to dive into and study motorcycling and how you ride motorcycles well and how you communicate that to people and how you teach that and how you give them the right steps, you know, little by little by little to start them from wherever they are and get them to where they want to go and improve their skills and make them safer. And, you know, just, make motorcycling more enjoyable. So like I said, there's many, many more people in the industry to, to be thankful to, but uh, those definitely are two that stand out. And in particular, I guess, you know, because those are the books and things I've been reading lately, I've been getting a great deal out of both like a twist of the wrist and total control. So, you know, like it's it's more or less because of Fast Eddie. I had known, well, I definitely knew of Keith Code before I even started riding motorcycles. Um, I don't think I was familiar with Total Control, but it was in large part because of Fast Eddie and his Moto Jitsu program and the, the booklet you know, where he lays out belt by belt the things he recommends you study. And that was kind of became, has become my reading list. There's other things I'm adding in and whatever, but uh, yeah, definitely, definitely highly recommend it. So uh, kudos to, uh, to Greg Widmar for uh, putting that booklet together. That's been a great, great help to me. So Greg, I'm thankful to you for Moto Jitsu. That's really cool stuff. 
And uh, yeah, also, I am very thankful to Gina. Um, as you guys know, or if you listen, been listening since the beginning, you know, she's the one it was kind of it was because of her that I got into this whole crazy world of motorcycling. And I'm just enjoying the heck out of it. It's just so rewarding. I'm getting so much out of it, meeting so many cool people, learning so many things. And and I was in, uh, I know I mentioned in the past episode, I was listening to, uh, I'm not, I don't think it was Ken Condon, um, I forget, an, another motorcycle instructor uh, who does a podcast. And unfortunately, the name escapes me. I know I mentioned in the past episode, but um, he mentioned that he found in instructing people on how to better ride motorcycles, they often found that their lives got better, you know, that they developed skills and things that they could apply, not just in the world of motorcycling, but in other parts of life as well. And, and I'm telling you, like, read Keith Code's book and read Lee Park's books if you haven't already, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. And that's been true for, for myself as well. There's definitely other ways, you know, other other ways in which that happens for me and various philosophies and things that I study. But um, yeah, so that's been really kind of cool. Yeah, so definitely very grateful to Gina for uh, being kind of the inspiration to get into this whole thing. You know, she got back into motorcycling three years ago, and I know she's really enjoying it. And it's a cool thing that we can do together and enjoy. And, you know, we just continue to keep growing, you know, building our skills and our knowledge and whatever. So that's been awesome. And then, uh, yeah, finally. So uh, I guess just in general, I'm just thankful to the motorcycle industry, you know, just to have all the men and women who are involved in creating motorcycles, you know, designing motorcycles, building motorcycles, all the accessories, all the stuff that goes into it. Um, this activity that we are involved in is just, like I said, it's just so much fun. It's so rewarding. Um, and even even just as a hobby, right? I mean, there are people, they make their living, right, in, in the motorcycle industry. Or, you know, you have people who are professional stuntmen or professional racers or whatever, and they make a living that way. I don't make my living that way, but it is a great, great source of enjoyment and, and entertainment and recreation for me. Um, so, yeah, without all the people that put that together, that would not be possible. So a uh, big, big thank you to the motorcycle industry, and, and I'm very grateful for all the folks there. Which leads me to, and I'll mention, um, so uh, Mike from the Shut Up and Ride podcast, which is affiliated, you know, published by the Loud Pipes guys, R-Dub Studios actually, uh, just released an episode recently. Hold on one second so I can get the title. So his most recent episode, episode nine, is titled Hobble Hobble. And I'll define that for you in a second, but it's basically, I haven't listened to the whole thing yet, but I'm a good ways into it. And it's basically about his thoughts and observations about a recent trip that he and his wife took, I believe he and his wife uh, took to the Philippines. He's been there a number of times. And so anyway, so, so let me tell you what Hobble Hobble is. So just I did a quick Google here. So it says Hobble Hobble, it's H-A-B-A-L dash H-A-B-A-L is a local dialect for motorcycle taxis or motorcycle for hire, which means sitting close to each other. Hobble-hobble passengers, who usually range from two to three persons, sit behind the driver close to each other, thus the term. So the, the reason I bring up this episode, aside from the fact that I was listening to it, and it sounds like a good episode, and I, I really like what Mike, and by the way, he goes by Sir Mike. I really like what Sir Mike does with this episode. I'm, I'm sorry, with his podcast and I haven't done it in a while, but it's kind of cool because I know he listens to my podcast and he'll kind of make comments or references to my episodes. And then I've been trying to do the same with him. So I wanted to kind of get back into listening to his podcast. Um, but so the, the point he was kind of getting to, and, and again, you could listen to it, of course, I'll have the link in the show notes. And let me make a note for myself here, um, is just that 
the different way that motorcycles are viewed or utilized in the Philippines. And um, it, it's just interesting. And, and the reason I bring this up is because what I mentioned about, you know, for me, motorcycling being a recreation and a, a way to blow off steam and to just have a change of pace and kind of take it easy and whatever is, you know, around the world. I mean, even in this country, there's different reasons that people use motorcycles. You know, for the most part in the U.S., it's a luxury. It's something we do for recreation. But in a place like the Philippines, um, it's a way of life. You know, it's it's the vehicle that's easy for people, I guess, to acquire. Um, it's something that's affordable. And so the point, one of the things he gets to in the episode is just how integral the motorcycle is to the economy there and how detrimental it would be to the economy if, let's say, for some reason, for, you know, whatever, like because of pollution concerns or whatever it happened to be that motorcycles were banned or outlawed or something like that. So it is just interesting to think about you know, the, the different ways in which motorcycles are, are utilized, um, that, you know, there are parts of the world in which it's a mode of transportation um, and not necessarily a recreational thing. You know, he does make the point that it's kind of cool because of all the people that do ride motorcycles for hire in the Philippines and therefore make a living doing something awesome. I guess you'd have to talk to them. I wouldn't be surprised if many of them did not ride motorcycles for recreation, but did something else, you know, because it could be a kind of thing, right? Because whenever you're doing something for hire, when it's your job, you know, you have to do what the customer wants you to do. You don't get to just do what you want to do, which is kind of the definition of recreation. So for them, you know, I don't know. Some of them may not even like motorcycles it's just a way of life and it's something they have to do right in order to make a living or, or whatever anyway it's just interesting it's just kind of another perspective on things so uh definitely give that episode a listen so just to kind of finish and wrap up this theme of thanksgiving and giving thanks let me just end off by saying there's so many many things that i'm thankful for you know so many people i'm thankful for um so many organizations I'm thankful for. So if I fail to mention someone or something, you know, please don't be offended. Um, it, it just means I don't, I don't have a totally, you know, complete and comprehensive list. But uh, I think that hit most of the things I wanted to talk about. And uh, being that it's, uh, it's on the hour and 15 mark. So this is getting to be a long episode. And it's about quarter to 10. And I got some editing and post production to do so I can get this episode out tonight. I think I'm going to wrap it up here. So guess what, this is going to be a two part episode. And it's really kind of ironic, you know, and it's like uh, Murphy's Law, you know, if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. So one of the, the real important things I wanted to do tonight was catch up on the listener emails that I haven't read. And I know I keep saying this, and uh, I like to be a man of my word. I hate to say things and not do them. But so I'm promising you the, the next part, part two of this podcast, which will come out next week, will be focused on listener appreciation, in which I'm going to go through all the emails that I've gotten and not read on the mail. Um, just a little edit. I think I meant on the air in that little comment. And and what I want to do actually is, as I'm reading them, kind of comment, kind of like I did with the episodes tonight, which I thought was kind of cool, going back through the different episodes, read people's emails and give my comments and thoughts and actually encourage my listeners to write in and give their comments and thoughts and kind of get a dialogue going. Because I've, I've gotten some really, really good emails with, that made some really, really good points or had some really, really good questions. So uh, I apologize for putting this off once again, but I'm hoping you enjoyed this episode. 
I enjoyed doing it. I'm actually surprised I'm an hour and 15 minutes into this already because I feel like I've been recording for 15 minutes. So it's just kind of cool. You know, you got a little bit of an outline and you get on a roll and the thoughts just come and you just keep going and going and going with it. So at this point, I think it's time to close out this episode. So if you'd like to find out more about my podcast or find the earlier podcast episodes, just point your web browser to soyouwannaride.com or find the link in the show notes included with this episode in your podcast app. If you have any questions about the show or the topics discussed, or if you want to send me feedback, you can email me anytime at soyouwannaride at yahoo.com. That address is also in the podcast notes. When you do email me, just let me know if it's okay for me to read your email on the podcast. And if so, how you want me to give your name, first name, last name, initials, whatever, just let me know. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram, where I share lots of links to other people's motorcycle articles and video content, as well as providing a lot of my own motorcycle-related photos. Just search for So You Want to Ride, or you can find the links on my website or in the podcast notes. Please help me spread the word so we can grow my online and listener communities. And of course, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can make a donation using PayPal by going to the website and using the donate link at the upper right side on the website, or you can go directly to paypal.me slash Christopher Geis. And just out of curiosity, I was thinking about maybe setting up a PayPal account specifically for So You Want to Ride. So maybe it would be like paypal.me slash So You Want to Ride. So let me know if that's something you think would be better, more appropriate, you know, kind of you know, it, it's all supporting the podcast, but if you feel more comfortable kind of donating to the podcast and not me directly, let me know. I could definitely set that up. As always, thank you for listening. And just remember, whatever you do, it's always time to ride. 